0: Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. It's Monday evening in the QC, Danny Brams. It's Monday after a result, a 2-1 win for the crown. How you feeling, brother? What are you drinking?
1: For the damn crown, yes, sir, John. Great to be back with you. And I'm drinking. I'm at home. We're back on Zoom. We uh, we like to always hit up Triple C on a Monday when we can after a win. Kind of a, a little tradition we have going is that uh try to give our golden boy the match. Not there this week because of uh, COVID for like another day or so. But later this week, you should be in the clear. So we're going to be good to go. To answer your original question, uh, I'm drinking Four Roses whiskey. I'm at home. I don't drink a ton of beer at home. I love to drink a beer on the road. When I'm at home, I like to sip on some whiskey. So I'm drinking some Four Roses whiskey, uh, Kentucky bourbon. That was just an absolute gem of a gift to me from my good friend, Michael Slipsky, who uh, lives in Raleigh. Guy. We grew up together. He was my guest for the opening match against LA Galaxy. We stood in the supporters section. He drove over, presented me with this nice bottle of uh, Four Roses as a thank you for the ticket. And uh, hell of a guy, great friend, and uh, one of the biggest uh, Charlotte FC supporters over there in Raleigh. And uh, I'm loving life. I'm drinking this Four Roses. Is delicious. What can I say? We won. We got points. It's beautiful. Straight up on ice whiskey and water on ice, baby. Let's go, you know? But you might as well. It's the only way to take it.
0: Beautiful. Celebrating the win. A huge win. Uh, a win that we're going to talk about, by the way. Uh, you, you get late until that second half and you start to think, wow, this could could be a disaster. But um, the bench squad came in and and took care of business. And, uh, yeah, so I'm on day nine of isolation. I'm getting out on Wednesday. Uh, or day eight, I guess it is at this point. And uh, I'm feeling 100%. So um, in, in honor of our... Our friend Coa Santos, I've got the big wave here, Danny Ramps. Ooh, go- I like the golden it. ale. Yep, I like it. The golden ale. It's uh, oh, a USL
1: MVP, Coa Santos.
0: Yeah, if he doesn't keep getting red cards, yeah, he's working uh, on silly red cards. A uh, double yellow, that is. Uh, a liquid Aloha uh, paddle <laughs> into easy drinking island refreshment with big waves. So smooth. Anyway, it's good beer. What a write up. It's it's a great beer. So let's let's get into a lot of things that we're going to discuss on the pod today. The starting eleven, not what we expected. We'll get into that. Danny Brams had a fun Sunday, a Sunday fun day in the Queen City. Want to hear about his adventures uh, in the heat on Sunday afternoon, the hottest match of the year? How did he just? How did he survive the supporter section? I know a lot of people left the match absolutely drained. Curious how he feels today. Uh, going to talk about Mar and and. The way that he handled Anchor, the 17-year-old goalkeeper for Vancouver, got the start, and the way he treated him post-match at Charlotte FC, you can go on Twitter and, and, and see that. It was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, we're gonna Dude, talk Mar,
1: about M.A.R. is such a good coach, he's out there coaching the other team's players after the game. <laughs> <laughs> he just <I> can't <laughs> stop coaching.
0: He really can't. He's the man. Um, we love the guy. We, we certainly do, and and he pulled all the strings on Sunday at the right times, and and he got it done. Uh, we're gonna go over player ratings. we uh, got a lot of thoughts on that on our Twitter feed at for the crown baby. Uh, drop us your thoughts there on the starting eleven player ratings. We'll get into some bench ratings as well. And Christian Fuchs had to be taken off again as an injury sub. So. We'll, we'll try to figure out uh, what Christian Fuchs' status is. Obviously, he won't play on, on Wednesday in the U.S. Open Cup, but the trip to Seattle that's looming this coming weekend uh, be a tough, tough match to play without our captain. And then we've, we've got another thing to do on the, on the pod today, Brands. This is fun. Um, an hour before the pod, I said, hey, let's see if anybody on Twitter wants to ask us some questions. And we got really good questions from some of our listeners that we're going to answer and I mentioned the US Open Cup match on Wednesday. We're we're gonna get into that on the pod as well. So first and foremost, it's a winning result. It's it's a fantastic Monday to be a Charlotte FC supporter. Tell us tell tell us about your day, Danny Brams. Like how how did your day end up? What were you thinking in the supporter section? How was the vibe in, in the building as we were on the edge of our seats saying this could be a potential disaster at a one one final?
1: Well, the headline is the heat. You know, it was, uh, oppressive and a big dominant, but pe- we're, people are, people sitting in the stands kind of looking at each other. Like, can you believe how much we're cooking out here in, uh, late may, but, uh, but we were strong, you know, we stood strong, uh, when Vancouver scored early after, you know, back to just Gath central from our defense, uh, the people just got louder. People started dancing harder and, and chanting louder. So that you know, if you're if you're going to go down in a match, at least you'd rather be in the third minute, you know, than than the uh, the eighty third. So we were able to fight back. My day was a great one. It was Sunday Fun Day, as you mentioned. We had a blast. We you were missed, obviously, and uh, can't. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to the next time. The next time we get to a Elizabeth Big Ben's Gold Line. Uptown hooligans, Romeo Beard, and party together, it'll be a long time coming. We've missed a couple now. So, uh, look at that. Major FOMO,
0: major FOMO. Yeah, your FOMO
1: has got to be off the charts, no doubt. I'm not trying to rub it in or anything, but especially uh, because
0: Rachel, my wife, came and met you in Elizabeth as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. I did start at Big Ben, and Rachel came down and bought me a drink, which, you know, thanks to her. And she was riding high because Rachel is going to be very soon the owner of a brand new signed Bronny Bro jersey. Uh, hopefully he signs it Brony bro on the autograph she won the instagram giveaway which is crazy I, I don't not only do i never win things like that i don't even know people who win things like that
0: amazing i figured out because you sent me the screenshot um it was the first thing i saw i saw it at like five in the morning on <laughs> sunday morning i forwarded it to her and gave her the emoji eyes like holy shit you just won this um so Brony bro um hit rachel up on instagram and said, hey, what's your address? I'm going to send you this game-worn signed jersey. So we got that coming to the house.
1: I mean, hang it in the Z-Shed, hopefully, you know, or frame it, put it under glass and put it up in the Z-Shed for sure.
0: That's what she said. She asked me, she said, do, do, what do people do with game-worn signed jerseys? And I said, well, my suggestion would be to get it framed and put it in the house somewhere. And I th- so I think that's the plan for now. But hey, it's hers. She won the contest. She can do whatever she wants. If she wants to wear brawny bros sweaty jersey to the matches, go
1: for it. She tagged us in the uh, in the uh, the entry, so I feel like there's got to be some kind of tagger's fee in there for us somewhere. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I, I for what it's worth, Rams. I mentioned that as well, and I got <laughs> no chance. So don't hold. I didn't
1: even go there. I didn't yeah. even go there. So, uh, but Rachel came down. And she bought me a drink. You know, it was, it was great. And then we had the great pleasure of meeting, uh, one of the listeners of the podcast, which was amazing. Michael Volak was there with his, uh, wife and friends, Jenny shout out also a listener and just want to say thank you who also bought me a drink. <laughs> you know, I was, I was living the highlight of big Ben drinking free with friends and uh, old and new. So it was a good time. And, uh, uh, Mike and Jenny were awesome. We were talking about the team, talking about life, talking about a little bit of how they got into Charlotte FC and whatnot. And, uh, he was able to cite some specific examples of things he likes about the podcast, so he wasn't just like uh, blowing blowing smoke. He was like, "Yeah, I really like your guys' show, and that felt great." Mike, that, uh, the next beer is on me for sure. So I, I appreciate that very much. And you know, these they're you know they're just friends of the podcast. I've I had this idea in my mind of of tremendous friends of the podcast. You know, just TFOS TFOs. We've got our Charlotte soccer show TFOs. Rachel's one of them. Michael Volak, Jenny. Volak are in the crew, and uh, we'll keep building that community. You know, we have Vamos Tifos, Vamos Charlotte FC all day.
0: You know, who's also part of the crew? Uh, Danny Brams is James, Paul Perez, Michael Hubbard. Uh, you mentioned Volak, Evan Hitch, uh, our original co- uh, raider and and reviewer uh, on Apple Podcasts. The, the original. Um, one. And by the way, we've got questions from that crew uh, on the podcast today that we're going to answer. We're going to get to that in a little bit. And while you're waiting for those questions, if you're a new listener to the show, if you're a longtime listener to the show and you haven't left a rating, if you haven't left a review, uh, do that now. Tell us what you like about the show. Leave us a five-star review and make sure you hit the follow uh, button on Apple Podcasts, get the podcast delivered to you immediately after a new episode gets published, so Danny Brams, you get into the stadium, you leave Elizabeth, you hop on the gold line, and at what point I want to know what point you saw the starting eleven like where were you? what were you doing, and what was the reaction
1: all right so let's track you from Elizabeth. Rachel went home to uh hang out you know outside of your isolation chamber and make sure you're all good We watched and, the uh, match
0: we watched the match together out back in the z shed
1: I love it, the only place to watch it, yeah. and then I went. Uh, I did not actually ride the gold line this time I ro- I rode my bike. so I, my new move has been park the car in South End, ride the bike to Elizabeth, ride the bike uptown and or I could take the bike on the gold line. I haven't done that yet, but trying to get out there and stretch my legs a little bit, earn my beers a little bit, but it was it was a hot one and I was cooking. So I rode from Big Ben to Hooligans the French Quarter. and when I when I cruised into that little bike stand there and uh, locked up my ride, I was like, oh, man, that was that was oppressive heat, you know, because it's downhill, then uphill. You know, you got to go up. You know, the downhill was nice, but the uphill was not. I finally uh, get to Hooligans and meet up with a work crew, uh, a couple people from ESPN, uh, people that, you know, Zim, Brent, Hannah, just great crew. A couple of their friends that were visiting from out of town. We had a good thing going on. Uh, Brett's brother. Uh, was having a birthday, which was cool. His dad was in the house uh, battling the heat along with all of us, despite, you know, looking like it was hitting him pretty hard. So it was, it was good times. Uh, And then I realized I go to buy a drink at Hooligans and I realized I left my damn debit card at Big Ben, you know, Things were not boating well, so thankfully. How'd you leave your, buy- your
0: debit card at Big Ben when everybody was dry- buy- buying you drinks?
1: <laughs> so I opened up a tab, and then people started buying me drinks. I never actually got to put anything on the tab, so gotcha. that's why I forgot to get the card. So you
0: know, but so where, uh, so where did you? When did you see the starting eleven? That's
1: what right I want to know. Go back to your first question. We were at upper deck at Hooligans. Uh, we got pushed up up the stairs, and I'm trying to. Th- I'm telling these people, yeah, usually you know we're walking in and we sort of see the starting 11 by the time we're at the park and get on a mint street. So, you know, trying to hustle these people out, you know, the door to the stadium and, uh, instead, but we were actually still in the bar in the French quarter when the 11 came out. And I, I started like looking at, it. I was like, wait a minute, where the hell is Alan Franco? You know, like where is Alan Franco uh, in my starting 11? Cause I had called him a lock previously. I was like, Miguel's not going to bench this guy. What are you crazy if you think so? And, uh, for whatever reason, he went with a different look, and the Blue Hornet was on the bench, and that was the thing that's jumped out to me most about the eleven. How about you? You you were in a better spot to analyze. I was just reacting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was in a better spot to analyze, but you were in a better spot. Period. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I I first reached out to you, and I said, "No, Franco," and and I said, um, oh. "We have Bender in with um, also." Harrison Affle in and Jalen Lindsay out. Like that, that to me. And, you know, we've, we've been talking about midfielders. And if you look, go back to last episode, you can hear Danny Brams and I debate about this midfield group, who we like and why. So I think, you know, Miguel has options and he's clearly shown that he's willing to rotate his squad in the midfield. Aside from Brant Bronico, who, again, the full 90, he's the bro, does the job. And so I see Harrison Affle in there, King Harrison, who, by the way, I I think he's been phenomenal, the ultimate professional for Charlotte FC. So my first reaction to that, Danny Brams, is I'm like, this is awesome. He's getting a start. He deserves it. He's played so well in the U.S. Open Cup. When he comes in as a substitute in MLS matches, he injects a little bit of offense. He injects that energy that we know MAR loves so much. And... But then I realized, wait, there's a U.S. Open Cup match on Wednesday. So now I get to thinking and I start putting myself in Mar's shoes, which is, which is always fun to do, to kind of try to figure wow. out what he's thinking and why. I mean, right? just
1: imagine the joy of being in those shoes.
0: I mean, the, the guy is uh, – he is a thinker, right? And it's very clear that he is a cerebral manager and – I love that type of management style. So, I ask myself, okay, Harrison, he should be in the lineup Wednesday against Red Bulls in the U.S. Open Cup. So, does this mean Jalen Lindsay is going to start Wednesday in the U.S. Open Cup? Mm-hmm. So, I, I think MAR is going for the Cup, Rams. I, I think that he viewed this opportunity against Vancouver as an opportunity to play a guy like Affle, get him in the lineup because Vancouver was coming in. A lot of guys in health and self safety protocols, a 17 year old goalie who's never played a professional match at this level before in his life. I, I think he used this opportunity to just get Harrison out there and reward him for some, some tough work. Now, Will Jalen Lindsey start on on Wednesday in the U.S. Open Cup? That's the that's the debate, and that's where I'm not sure. I, I it's going to be really hard for for Affle to to play 90 minutes on Sunday and Wednesday.
1: Hmm. Yeah, if Affle was two or three years younger, he would be our starting right back. You know, he's just it's only the fact that he's just at in the last few years of his career, probably. I don't want to predict, get into predicting that necessarily, but he's an, age, he's an aging veteran. He's an aging veteran who's one of the best MLS fullbacks in the league in the last 10 years, probably. We might see Apple start again against Seattle, to be perfectly honest. And it's not necessarily meaning that lindsay has been dropped from the starting spot, but it, it's just the way M.A.R. is kind of creatively choosing to deal with the fixture congestion you know as they call it you know the game stacking up if you're not familiar with that term from following european like it is a uh, kind of diabolically ingenious to to know that he's been the guy that has come in and sort of provide when we're down he subs in for Lindsay because he provides more of that offensive of uh, attacking verve and whatnot and like he loves to cut in he he posts up i pointed out to brett this uh at the on, Saturday, on sunday when we were in the stands, and I just you just see Harrison posting up just a little bit outside, sort of the corner of the of the box, and letting Camille go past him, even at even wider, and it, it was just a good setup. We got some good attack out of that little mini formation they had going. And Apple's great. He 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 could be, like I said, if he was three years younger, he'd be one of our very most important top players. I really think that. Not not to damn the guy for being old. You can't nothing you can do about it, but.
0: If I'm Jalen Lindsey, if I'm Miguel Angel, I I look at Harrison Affle as, uh, for the former, uh, a mentor, and for the latter, a veteran rock on that right-hand side. And I think that Harrison Affle hasn't gotten his due as a member of this squad, and I wanted to make sure that I took some time today to say that his performance was phenomenal on Sunday and that his performance all season has been phenomenal. And I'm really excited for this guy uh, to be in the squad. So, Evan Hitch, I, I know your question was, why do you think MAR uh, deployed Harrison Alpha for Jalen Lindsey? So I hope we answered it for you there uh, before we get to some, some tweet questions later in the show. Uh, but the, the, there's, there's two things that we need to talk about when it comes to this, this match. You mentioned Franco being left out for Ben Bender, and I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, and I also want to get your thoughts on thoughts. Uh, on on the other topic that is that is super important is the new man, the new boy, Kerwin Vargas comes off the bench and provides electricity. The fan base Rams has already fallen in love with this guy after 20 minutes of action.
1: Who is Camille Usveya? You know, <laughs> it's like the meme. I, I, I don't know if you're not in a meme culture, you will not get this, but. I love the meme about like friendship ended with blank new best friend is blank. That's one of my favorite memes out there. And that's basically what applies here for, to the Charlotte fan base with uh, Camille and Kerwin because uh, Vargas lit the damn stadium on fire. I mean, it was the the sun did the the priming and, and turned us all into Tinder and then Kerwin lit us on fire with uh, <laughs> his moves out there. It was, it was crazy. He, uh, you know, he could have scored, he had the, the one nice, real nice shot from the tight angle that the club posted a highlight of where he beats his man down to the byline and gets you know, a, t- a little bit of a tight angle. Wasn't really much of a cross there for him, so you can't blame him for shooting. But he is everyone's new favorite player, like I've been saying. I think for me, I'm excited, but I just don't want to go overboard. If there's, if I have any type of, like, things I've learned from this first few months of, like, supporting this new club, is like – trying to keep the even keel and trying to not go too overboard in one direction or another. I've been probably a little overly negative on some guys and I probably overly positive on Alan Franco as we'll get to, but uh, um, with Kerwin, I want to try to be even keel until he shows me something. A guy that showed me a lot as we, uh, you know, as I just wrap up the story of how I, you know, with no able way to spend money other because I don't have Apple pay. Uh, as I walked into the stadium, uh, I was at the mercy of, of friends and, and new and old who bought me a few drinks, so that was nice. And uh, I did not throw any uh, gifted beers during the goal celebrations either, but uh, <laughs> one of those celebrations came from Andre Shinyasiki. and he is—he might be my new favorite player on Charlotte FC, to be perfectly honest, because he has three goals in four matches, uh, two of them as a sub role. Now he's kind of working his way in the starter. I think he deserves to be a starter. Miguel has been tweaking with the eleven, but I want to see this guy running down the left wing, uh, dancing and feeding balls into Carroll like every game that we can for sure. Or
0: Carroll feeding balls to him. From the exactly.
1: Well, well said. Well said. No doubt.
0: It was a beautiful goal. The opening it goal. Out. The opening goal for Charlotte FC, I should say. Um, we we've chosen not to mention um, the second minute goal. <laughs>
1: I couldn't I I can't believe Toussaint Ricketts is still in the league like that you know that's that's the the vibe I was like this guy has like 3 goals in 6 years I believe or something like that so that was bad. Let's not mention it. Let's just move on. We won. Let's just I wouldn't even have anything to say about it. Fuck it. You mentioned Shin Yashiki
0: and it it makes me realize like kind of looking at this lineups so we wanted to do player ratings and I think now's a really good time because there's just so much action that happened on the pitch. Uh, Carl Svodersky is a 7.2 sofa score rating because of that assist across. I, I thought he had a, a, a decent match. Um, Shin Yashiki, he is the, the highest rated player for Charlotte FC. The goal happens. It gets, he has a 7.4 um, sofa score ranking as well. He doesn't go the full 90. Um, he comes out at the 65th minute mark for Mackenzie Gaines. I thought that was an interesting substitution. I don't mind it at all. Um, we can get into the substitutions in a little bit. But just looking at these player ratings, Bram, the reason why I brought up the Franco-Bender conversation is because Ben Bender is the one of the lowest ranked players on the field. Believe it or not, Guzman Carujo at a 6.3. A very, very weird. It's an off day for the center back pairing. And knowing these players, knowing how how much of a rock Carujo has been, uh, I think you can just chalk, chalk this one up as a as a poor performance that that won't happen regularly.
1: But and Ben we, Bender, we won't blame the platinum blonde hair dye job. I,
0: I love the blonde hair. I'm, I'm all here for it. I, I've have t- said on this podcast before, and I'll say it again. I love when people express themselves. And if you want to do it with bleach blonde hair, go for it. I'm not going to blame it. Have
1: fun with it. I'm In just fact, brands, It was the I'm only th- thing that was different. It was the only thing that was different. That's why I bring it up.
0: That's fair. That's fair. But Ben Bender, it's a 6.4. He starts for Franco. Moving forward, do you think Ben Bender is a starter for this squad? We've had this discussion over and over. It seems like the fan base is starting to come around to the fact that Ben Bender is a really nice player, but he's a project player.
1: Well, I was upset at first, like I uh, alluded to earlier, when the 11s first dropped. And then I also, like you, smart soccer mind, I'm just always trying to be like you, (laughs) thought, thought about going for it in the cup. And then I realized, of course, he needs Alan Franco for the cup match. You know, this is Vancouver Whitecaps coming in here as a wounded dog. And we got to go up to New York and play on a junior high school pitch in a couple of days. I need Franco for that, especially because Red Bulls are a pressing team, press, 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 press press at all times. And Ben Bender gives the ball away pretty much at will uh, whenever the other team kind of looks at him funny. Uh, whereas Franco possesses it quite well, so to me, it's an obvious Bender starts against the uh, the dummies from Canada, and Franco's saved for the most important match of the week.
0: When you put it that way, I I completely agree with you, and that's what a what a what an awesome problem to have for Miguel Angel to have a, a squad that was written about as a squad with no depth. All of a sudden, <laughs> has has enough depth to play, you know three matches in the span of eight days and three important matches in the span of eight days, by the way. And all of a sudden you, you feel like you've got enough guys, not only to, 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 to rotate the squad, but do so in a way that um, helps your squad and gives you chances to win. Christian Fuchs uh, on the back line, he comes out with an injury for the uh, second time in a, four-game stretch, Danny Brams. Uh, Are you starting to get concerned about the 36-year-old and his longevity this season in the MLS?
1: I'm really concerned for sure. Uh, I I had a really good view of this injury. I just happened to be watching exactly what happened because it was a Vancouver attack that Fuchs was trying to cut out, and he jumped to block a cross. I need to see this on the TV replay because they did not show a replay in the stadium that I saw. But I did see it very well live. And he kind of jumped to block across and landed awkwardly and kind of slid on the turf and then went down in a heap. So he was down for a while. He did get up and limp off. And then he kind of, with the help of some trainers, limped across the back line to the corner and then kind of stopped for 45 seconds to a full minute while game was playing down the other end of the pitch. And I was watching Fuchs like, "Is, is Christian okay? Is my team dad Okay. You know, and he's he bends down and then he kind of gets up and limps. And then once he turned that corner, he kind of jogged back to the bench and did seem OK. I didn't watch him closely after the match. I did miss that. But. Uh, I, I well, from what I saw the injury live when it happened, it just did not look good. It looked like his legs were kind of crossed awkwardly. He grabbed at something right away uh, and. I would not, he tweeted last night, like, you know, the pain hurts, but the win is worth it. And he's been a monster on social media, on the pitch, uh, presumably in the locker room, you know, selling tickets, you know, uh, that one day. He, he's done it all for this club. I'm not shocked if he comes back and is, is actually fine very quickly, but I'm not shocked if he might be out for a month or so at this point. Who knows? We'll find out.
0: Well, we've only seen Jan Sobosinski in the U.S. Open Cup, and and we'll likely see him on Wednesday. Uh, But we might start seeing him in some MLS games as well. And I'm really really glad that he's had that U.S. Open Cup experience under his belt because uh, when an injury like this happens, and it's the second injury in a span of the same month for your captain center back, you need depth at that position, and he's the one that offers that. Uh, The problem was he wasn't in the, the, the lineup. Um he wasn't even on the bench on on Saturday. So uh, I, I, I'm i starting to get concerned about the center back position. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. We started before the season, and we talked about how this defensive unit was the depth of the squad, the spine, the middle there between between Fuchs, Carujo, Sobasinski, and McCoon feeling like he had depth, depth there. But now I'm starting to feel like that's a position of stress.
1: Yeah, and uh, Jan was not really good. He was the worst player on the pitch for me against Richmond Kickers in a 5-1 win, so uh, not the most encouraging. McCoon, I know he makes a lot of people nervous, and I think a lot of that that just comes from being like the left-foot dominant guy, so he's always like trying to get the ball back over to his left foot before he does anything with it, although I did see him make a couple right-footed passes uh, yesterday, on Sunday. But I know he makes people nervous, but I think he's – yeah, you know, I think he'll be able to hold the starting spot if Fuchs does miss some time. I think Jan becomes that, you know, that sub, but I don't think we're going to have to rely on him more or more than we would rely on McCoon in in that situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice to have Christian McCoon there and um, What about think... this
1: idea though? What about bringing in Koa from, uh, to give Mora some relief?
0: Uh, I'm a Koa Santos fan. I think that um, he's somebody that can certainly provide depth, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was making the trip to uh, New Jersey on Tuesday uh, for the for the game on Wednesday night against the Red Bull. Um, I, I think that not only would that be a luxury, I, I think it's a necessity. Um, I, I think that uh, Coa needs to play. Um, who who else is is going to play that left back position?
1: I I I think there's a chance with the way Co is playing in USL that he could displace Mora as the starter in eleven in MLS by the end of the year. Well maybe I, I'm being a little presumptuous with that, but I think it could happen.
0: Well, let me just put it this way: uh, Jogging Joe is not going to play ninety minutes on Sunday, Wednesday, and Sunday.
1: That's that's, the, that's for sure true. Yeah.
0: So somebody else is is going to have to do that. Um, there's so much to talk about with this match. I, I hope we, we hit on as, as much as we, we could. I think um, the last thing that, that I'd like to hit on and just give a big picture take on is, is Vargas is Kerwin Vargas.
1: Can we I talk think. about Vargas and Rios just together as the subs? Because as Rios is subs, that's, to win the goal. Yes,
0: yeah. That, yeah, that's what we'll get into. Just as we talk about the subs, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Let's get into the substitutions um, and the way the game flow worked. Um, you're <clears throat> talking at the 52nd minute. You had the injury substitution. Christian McCoon comes on. Uh, Camille Uzviak uh, gets a yellow card in the, the 62nd minute. And then all of a sudden, things start to happen. Uh, T.T. Ortiz comes in for Ben Bender. McKenzie Gaines comes in for Andre Uh Kerwin Vargas comes in for Camille Yuzviak. That all happens between uh, the 64th and the 65th minute. And Danny Rios comes in for Kyle Swiderski in the 82nd minute to provide uh, a little bit of, of extra energy in that box. Basically, somebody to just come in and, and poach a goal. And that's exactly what Danny Rios did. The did yeah. First MLS goal for the Charlotte FC, Danny Rios.
1: It, that, that was an incredible moment. And it was all set up by, like we said, some great strings being pulled by Miguel Angel. Uh, TT, I was surprised. I was very surprised to see TT. And that, again, that's just another sign that tells me that there's some guys Miguel Angel is holding in reserve for the cup match. Gaines, I was not surprised to see. The thing with... Bender and Shinya and Yusviak going out at 65th you can say oh maybe they don't you know they they couldn't hack it it was brutally hot out there and those guys just ran and ran and ran it was tough to break down this Vancouver team and we were probably ultimately disappointed to only score two goals but happy with the win again it could have been a disaster without Rios who will, will break down a little bit more in a second but it was, I was not, I, I knew the, I knew there was going to be a mass substitution at the 60 minute mark. I just knew it. Like, I knew it 20 minutes in because it was just so hot out there and I saw those guys run. And so I think the subs were effective. Gaines is a perfect guy to come in and keep the pressure on with relieving Shinyashiki in a, in a, in a night match or, you know, a more standard match. I think that happens more towards like the 79th minute, not the 65th, but it here was more than appropriate. Again, TT came in and, I was just, you know, I, the roller coaster with TT, I think it is it has to be going back up after the assist, but also just surprising me a little bit with positive body language, with smiles, and maybe I read too much into that stuff, but I'm watching these guys so closely. and he, he just was melding with teammates. he was talking to guys, communicating. like it, it, it for the times when I've criticized him for appearing to not really be with it with the team, most especially Atlanta, there's other times when he, re- he really is, and Greenville was an example of that, and Sunday was a huge example of that against Vancouver. He really was a difference maker. Kerwin Vargas we mentioned earlier. I kind of went off on him. What do you think of Vargas? Uh,
0: I, I was most impressed with his fitness level. You can just tell by looking at him that he showed up into camp. He had one training session, and he got on the bench, and then in the match – for a critical 25 minutes of action for only one reason the only reason the only possible way that something like that happens danny Brams, is if you're fit because mar doesn't want you on his squad if you're not fit and that's why i love him so much and that's why i respect him that's why tt ortiz gets shown the bench because he's not
1: fit enough and same thing with you you were saying right yep I, I think
0: Yuzviak is the is in that same category as someone that 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 could lose a few lbs and be more fit and Kerwin Vargas is a physical specimen there's not an ounce of fat on his body, and when he gets onto the pitch he is ready to run and that's what he's going to do and m a r loves players like that he comes from Portugal and just, you know, the, the Colombian comes from by way of Portugal and M.A.R. looks at him and says, wait a minute, we, we, we speak the same language, both literally and figuratively, and you're my guy. What did, I ta- what did I say? I tweeted this the other day when I saw him and I just got a quick look at him in training for Charlotte FC when they posted photos and videos of him in training. I said, wow, this guy, I, my gut is telling me that he's going to push M.A.R. to get into the starting 11 because he showed up ready to play. And that, to me, means everything. And you saw his Twitter feed after the match, how excited and thankful that he was to play. Um, so proud of his MLS debut. When Vargas was signed, I think a lot of people said, oh, this is somebody that could down the line make a difference. That is a bit of a project player, but no one knew what his fitness level was. And now that we see his fitness level, it's on Danny Brams because you know, I I think Vargas is just the better version of Mackenzie Gaines, and you know how much I like Gaines.
1: Yeah. He he's got the finishing ability we haven't seen it yet for Charlotte, but knowing that he won player of the week like every week that he was <laughs> playing in uh, the sec- the Portuguese second division, you know he's got some goal scoring ability there for sure.
0: Uh, when you see those, when you see those highlights, you know how he's scoring those goals by running his face off. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just because he's fast; it's because he can, and he can do it late into the match. I, I cannot wait to see this guy go full ninety. I absolutely cannot wait to see him go full ninety, and and I'm going to sit here on the podcast today. I'm going to tell you this, and I mean it. Is that Where this front three is today, compared to where it was two months ago, is fucking crazy. This squad has turned into, like, truthfully, a pick-your-poison, what does MAR want to do? And that, to me, is the biggest shock of the season, right? Because before the season, we said to ourselves, Danny Brams, and MAR said out loud, we're screwed. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and it happened... It happened just in time for the back line to completely fall apart, as you mentioned as you alluded to
0: earlier. <laughs> well, now and and you know at the beginning of the season it was like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna play good defense. And we're gonna try to win one nil. We're gonna try to win uh, or, or get a draw at one one. Now it's like, hey, let's go out there and win three two.
1: Yeah, it's things kind of have, it's funny. It reminds me of what happened to Austin FC in their expansion uh, last year, which was a very similar story. But you know, defensive Star Wars early and then offensive firepower late so maybe we'll do the same thing with the summer signing Uh, if we can get a Dreyusi level uh, talent this summer we're going to be dangerous for sure I think at this point like you say pick your poison you know I think we can almost start to look ahead to the next match would you see Kerwin starting against the Red Bulls No. no okay I thought you might say yes
0: I'm good. I'm glad I uh, can keep you on your toes here on the
1: podcast. <laughs> We're not finishing each other's sentences on that one. So. <laughs> uh,
0: and the reason why is because I wouldn't mind seeing them start against Seattle.
1: Okay. Okay. Then uh, we will do projected 11 for the cup match uh, in a little bit as we close out. But before we get to that, let's do some listener questions real quick to just reward those folks who sent us some good uh, good thoughts through Twitter. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you this one. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet because it just came in um, about 20 minutes ago from Russell Bowman. Uh, he asks Danny Brams, if I gave you a quarter poll do-over on CLT FC's finishing position in the table, would you take it?
1: Well, Russell, we gave you a do-over on your Twitter name, and you, you, you took it, and you changed your name from Russell B. ATL to Russell B. 704. So, of course, I will take this do-over that you're offering me as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I believe our preseason prediction was for uh, Charlotte to just miss the playoffs. Was I think that I, I was that?
0: I had tenth in the Eastern 10th, Conference. Yeah,
1: I'm going to say, I'm going to say we're playing for the playoffs in the last day of the season. How about that cop out? <laughs> I don't know if we'll make it or not, but there's going to be a scenario on the final de- decision, MLS decision day, where we can get in. That's my niche.
0: That's, that's a good take, and I think it's a good time to update uh, the listeners where exactly we are on the table, by the way, which is in a playoff position right now. Uh, Charlotte FC is seventh in the Eastern Conference, and Atlanta and New England, who are – Atlanta is tied on points, and New England is one point behind. Both of those clubs have a game in hand. Uh, D.C. United is two points behind with a game in hand, and Columbus is three points behind – with a game in hand as well. So it's very tight between 7th and 12th in the East. But something that I didn't know, and I'm very happy to admit this on the show because I'm not trying to fool anybody, is that apparently the tiebreaker in MLS is not goal differential. It's (laughs) how many wins that you have. And Charlotte FC has five wins on the season. And get this, right? Get this. There's only one team in the Eastern Conference with 7 wins. New York City FC. Everybody else has 6 or 5. That's above us on the table. Right? So, let that sink in a little bit, right? Charlotte FC only has two fewer losses than the team with the most wins in the MLS Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, we're we're the way the table works. We win a few matches, get a few results, uh, we're going to fly up it. And I think we'll be fighting for it. And I think it's a great question from Russell. And I appreciate the chance for a do-over because I'll always uh, revise my takes at the quarter poll. That's, you know, life is about experience and uh, learning from your mistakes and other people's mistakes as well.
0: I don't have them in the playoffs, but I do think that they might, as I'm sitting here today, I'm prepared to be disappointed for Charlotte FC to finish eighth on the table. So I'm going to move up two spots from 10th to 8th if you're going to give me a re- redo. I go 10th to 8th. You get at the halfway mark, maybe I get up to 6th. You never know. Uh, James Paul Perez, at um, JamesPerez2 on Twitter, he asks us, Danny Brams, how do we continue to solve our issue of midfield transition? He says, I loved the 4-3-3 on Sunday, and we attacked well, but still feel like we are missing a play in the final third. May it just comes down to the the time that we need to run the four three three.
1: I think so because what it does is goes back to something that I remember you talked about early early in the season on the pod, which was the triangle, which we know MIR loves to you know incorporate, which is ball from the back line goes to the center circle, then out to the wing, then into the box, and with the four three three we have those wingers. Try as you might, Jalen Lindsey and Joe Mora were not wingers that were getting up and making things happen up in the final third. Shinyasiki, Usviak, Gaines, Vargas, these are wingers. These are guys who are looking to make goals happen and not have to worry about getting back to play defense if something goes wrong and things like that that which to their credit is mostly on Lindsay and Moore's minds when they're out there. So, the 4-3-3 will come with time. We uh, despite our poor fi- play in the final third and the chan- the fact that we couldn't get a shot on target, that was such a big Thing to me, which was that we had no shots on target against a 17 year old rookie keeper who like doesn't know what he's doing. I was just like, make this kid work, and and we'll we'll beat him, you know. Shinya, right before Shinya's goal that he got on the nice cross from Swiderski, he put a cross in that uh, Max tried to Max Anchor tried to grab. He couldn't handle the cross, and it spilled. And we almost got you know a rebound goal off that situation right before we did get our first goal. So I was like, we got to test this guy. The guys were doing it. Camille should have drawn a pen. That was a hundred percent a penalty for me. I don't know why VAR didn't help us out there with asking the referee to go take another look. But I do think that time in the four three three is your answer. You answered your own question, James Paul, But we appreciate it anyway.
0: The fan base isn't going to like uh, me saying this, but Camille went down easy on that. Well,
1: he should have gone down. He should have embellished it even more. The thing, it was a pen. He did go down a little easy, but he's got to either be strong and th- hold up through that contact, or go down to make it clear that it's a penalty. You know, he kind of did that middle ground, which is where we got screwed.
0: Michael Volak, um, again, uh, a tifo, tifos, one of our, one one of one of one of TIFOs. our tifos, one he's of one our, one TIFOs. our tifos. Um, he asks us, Danny Brams. He says, it "Looks like Shin Yashiki is in the last year of his deal. He is in a contract year, by the way." What will it take to extend him?
1: I don't know 100% uh, how the club feels about, you know, where it's committing its financial resources. Uh, It's not my super area of expertise, but I do know he's making 140K a year thanks to the MLSPA salary stuff that we got uh, last week. And if he has a big year and if he keeps pushing at this clip, but, you know, a goal every other match – then he's gonna take some big money to extend. Now I can think of a guy Alex Ring, who plays for Austin FC. Just to bring them up again, who went from a regular squad player, had a great year last year, and he they bumped him up to a DP. He he was made a DP, after, you know, which is oftentimes rare for you know a player who's already in the league. Usually teams use their DP slots to bring in talents from other leagues. Ring was elevated to a DP, and if Shinya had an amazing year and and we make the playoffs, that is not outside the realm of possibility for me that he could get upgraded to our third DP. I doubt it, but that's the ceiling for sure. As it is, I think he's someone that will commit some resources to. I know MIR likes him, wanted to get him before the season, got him a few um, months into it, and I think his future is with this club. He seems to have embraced it, so – I it's I'm I'm it's easy for me to spend other people's money so let's pay the man let's get him let's keep him here
0: from where I sit uh the simple a- answer to this question is uh what will it take to extend him uh it took me one simple google search <laughs> and uh he turns 25 on june 11th uh, happy early birthday by the <laughs> way andre and um i'd sign him up tomorrow for the next three years um He's in the prime age of a soccer player, and he's come into Charlotte FC clearly motivated. Remember, he was the MLS Rookie of the Year, and we had a conversation about how he lost his way. He went to um, University of Denver, uh, played for the hometown club in Colorado, had an amazing season to start, and, and just kind of you know fell off. So this is an important year for him. He knows it, and being that he's twenty four years old, about to turn twenty five, and if he can have a big season, I think he could be a rock for this franchise. Um and he could be a a a Charlotte FC legend, uh, ten years from now. Someone who <laughs> plays for this squad for a long time. Um he's that good and that's the type of impact he has. He loves to play for the squad. There's just one thing that I would like to see him do. One thing. That's a the theme of this podcast, apparently. Just <laughs> Just be a little bit more fit. Just a little bit more.
1: Fit. <laughs> These guys are out here just sprinting in the heat, and you just want to see them drop a few lbs. It's great.
0: I mean, Antonio Con- <laughs> Antonio Conte is one of my favorite coaches in global uh, soccer. So that's uh, all you need
1: to know about how I feel about fitness. We don't, my- we don't, we don't need to go there. Not at all. But
0: when you have I- a manager, when you have a manager that prioritizes fitness, good things happen. Because soccer is, you know, it's yeah, it's about skill. Yeah, it's about finishing. Yeah, it's about playing defense. But the fitness aspect of the game, Danny Brams, never gets its due. And it's the pillar. It's the foundation of, of a good club.
1: 100% uh, true. We, we wouldn't have won Sunday without it One hundred because Vancouver wore down. The, Vancouver came into that game looking to shut it down. They were trying to get a nil-nil. They got a lucky early goal. We equalized, and then they were trying to get a 1-1 the entire time. And if we had not been able to outwork them, if they were not a thin squad that, that hurt for the ability to sub in fitness at the end of the match, and we bring in three guys about to just keep sprinting, that's what won us the match on a day when we were not at our best.
0: Absolutely. Let's transition into our final, our final topic here, Danny Bram's. And it's the US Open Cup match on Wednesday. We're going to have a fresh episode for you on Thursday to recap that match. So so make sure to stay tuned to the feed. Uh, we're excited to watch the match on on Wednesday night. It's an 8 o'clock kick on ESPN+. Plus. So make sure you get eyes there. And it's not a local blackout for the U.S. Open Cup on ESPN+. Plus. So you will get the match at home if you haven't watched a, a U.S. Open Cup match yet. This is the one to do it because a win here and Charlotte FC is into the quarterfinals. And that's really fun to talk about. So um, Danny Brams, we'll start with Alan Franco and Jalen Lindsay. We both think uh, that they'll start on Wednesday uh, for the cup match, right? We're both there.
1: I'm going to. Yeah, I think so. You know, fool me once. Shame on shame on you. But I will predict Franco back in the starting lineup as a lock once again.
0: I've got another lock as well. Uh, and It's Derek Jones.
1: Yeah. Bronny bro. As much as you talk about being fit and Bronny bro is probably the most fit player on the team. Let's he He does need a rest, uh, especially against the New York Red Bull pressing. We don't know exactly if they're going to run their full starters, but they're not going to change their tactics and Derek Jones is going to have to be up for it. This is his chance to shine, and for us to move on in the cup, he's going to have to lock down the defensive midfield.
0: And then, of course, I've got another um, uh, lock as well, and it's the fourth player on the bench on Sunday that didn't see action. It's George Marks, the rookie keeper. Uh, one, one of my favorite things about cup matches is you stick with the keeper that got you there.
1: Yeah, George is our cup keeper he's that's the spot that's the role he's carved out on his team and hopefully miguel has let him know that it's not something he needs to worry about he's going to play the cup matches as long as we're in the cup and he he's he had some money money saves already in both the matches already he's he's i love the way he comes and claims crosses i know he just the fact that he was able to beat out an mls veteran like cisniega to win the backup job and We love George Marks. This is a George Marks-friendly podcast at all times.
0: It absolutely is, and um, it's just really fun. This is why I I just get so giddy talking about the the cup matches because you get a chance to see someone like Marks, who's working his ass off in training, uh, have a big start. This is huge. This is an important match, And, and he knows it, and he's going to have the opportunity to show his teammates and his manager that he's someone that they can count on, which is really cool. Uh, Carol Swadursky, he's not starting this match. Um, Danny Rios, though, uh, comes in in the 82nd minute, scores the game winner. He's primed and ready, Danny Brams. You have yeah. him
1: up top. I, he's he's a, a lock for me, 100%. He, sh- he should be just chained into a cage in the locker room at some <laughs> spot full time with the final whistle and thrown scraps of raw meat. Just until the team leaves for New Jersey, because that is just the mode he's in after getting that game-winning goal, and that he's the we love the bouncer. You know, let let him let him eat.
0: You know, one thing I do want to call out uh, about Danny Rios, the bouncer, right now is uh, Lloyd Sam, the the Charlotte FC uh, color analyst on the television network. Uh, if you go to his Twitter account at Mr. Lloyd Sam. You'll see something uh, really interesting. Uh, you can go to hashtag Lloyd's lab. Uh, I, I'd, I'd love to have Lloyd on the show sometime. Hopefully someday. Yeah. Uh, he went back and looked at Danny Rios' goal. And he said, really enjoyed this moment of commentary, rewatching the work behind scoring our winning goal yesterday. And he takes you uh, through the. The, the seconds leading up to the goal, right? We all know T.T. Ortiz is in the box. He kind of stumbles over the ball. It, it falls to Rios on the the six yard box, and he just slides it into the, to, to the back of the net. It's a scrappy goal. Uh, Danny Rios, the bouncer, he's in the right position. He escorts that ball right through the VIP. You know, go right ahead. Have have a seat yep. there. There's there's nobody else to bother. It was it was easy. It was just a, it was an easy go right ahead. And, and getting to the back of the net. And that's what a good bouncer does. He doesn't make it difficult for a VIP.
1: Slide right by.
0: He goes back to the, to the to the halfway line. And he talks about Danny Rios. He's being physical at the halfway line. He He ends up, knocks somebody over. Literally takes somebody to the ground, including himself. He gets his ass up as quick as possible. And then just darts to the box 40 yards. Like that's the type of player that Danny Rios is, and that's why we love him. And So make sure you go to at to, to Mr. Lloyd Sam and check out that video because I think it it really highlights the type of player that he is. So Danny Rios is in, and now things get kind of interesting.
1: This is where they uh, always get interesting. <laughs> uh,
0: let's talk about the center back pairing to start. If Sobosinski is healthy. I don't know why he was off um the bench this past week for Charlotte FC but if he's healthy he's in there at center back and he's with Christian McCoon. That's how
1: I see it. That's that's my pairing as well. Lindsey at the right back. Mora left back or do you think we bring Koa back from the Independents? Uh
0: my my only issue is and I said it earlier on the show, I said if Mora plays, how in the world do you expect him to go to Seattle and play again? That's 390 minute games. Yeah. In eight days for, for jog and Joe.
1: I will say again against the press that I keep referring to, jog and Joe might be the guy to get in there and just play defense, you know, or or maybe we do a three center back. Maybe you know, maybe who who knows? But I could also see sort of McCoon playing a fake left back. It could be it could be Yan. But then who's the center back? I don't know. So if there was a three at the back, could be like Lindsay as like a fake third center back. You know, you know, who, actually, you know who actually might play um, in this
0: match? Anton Walks.
1: Yeah, Walks is back. That's right. That's who, That's the name I was trying to pull, yeah. So you put either Walks or McCoon could play that fake left back. They both have some experience with it, but they're really just playing defense and against the Red Bulls, especially in the cup match, I think. That's not the, the most outlandish prediction at all.
0: So the defense to me is the is the question mark here, um, whether Mar is going to go strong with his defense or um, play some of the substitutes. We'll find out. So in the midfield, we have um, Franco. Who else joins him in the in the midfield?
1: Jones in defense. Franco. How many minutes did Ben Bender play? <laughs> Sixty five. Yeah. Maybe we start Bender again. Maybe we start Bender again and rest Jordy for Seattle. Maybe TT starts in that spot. So I'm going to say I'm going to say TT. I'm going to say TT. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say we Franco agree. TT and Jones. Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that for a U.S. Open Cup match. I think that's a great. Um, that's a that's a great. And if you're going to go a four three three, if you're going to continue with with what we um, what we really like to see right now. Um, that leaves Danny Rios up top with, with Mackenzie Gaines. Yep. And
1: I know you said you didn't want Vargas to start, but now that we've looked at it, do you still want to save Vargas for Seattle? It's
0: just a lot to ask. I mean, it's, it's one thing to, to come in and have, you know, he had one day of training before the match on Sunday.
1: A lot to ask. You were just praising him 10 minutes ago for coming in with that one day of training and making things happen.
0: Yeah, he also came in in the 65th minute. He played for 25 minutes. Like I, I, I think if he gets this entire week of training under his belt and potentially could push himself into the lineup to start on Sunday night against Seattle, like I think that is a more realistic timeline than having two practices and then starting the U.S. Open Cup match. That I mean, if MAR is that... Comp- Listen to me. If if Kerwin Vargas starts this U.S. Open Cup match, this guy's a freak. (laughs) All right, and he's like, and he and he is like the best player on our team. You know how difficult that is to do. Be on a squad for for two practices and then start in a meaningful match, and have your your teammates be able to trust you in that position. That just if that happens and he plays well, then the sky is the limit, my friend.
1: Well. I think Reyna would be the default spot there, except that he's hurt. So I, it, it's it's a possibility. It's either – if if Reyna's still hurt, then it's either Vargas or Shinya. So one of the guys who who was an impact on Sunday is going to have to be an impact on Wednesday as well. It could be Reyna. If Reyna's healthy, I think it'll be him.
0: Okay. And, hey, now that we know how much he's making, if he's healthy, he better get in there and <laughs> Get him out there,
1: yeah. <laughs> and knowing how much of an impact he was against the kickers, you know I mean? The Red Bulls aren't exactly the kickers, but Rain is the type of guy that can beat a press, and you know he's he's someone. So I hope he, I hope he's healthy. I haven't seen any reports either way yet. So,
0: so it's 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 always the cup. It's it's for the cup, and it's, it's a huge match on Wednesday, and we're excited for it. Danny Brams, this has been a jammed pack show. I'm excited to get together on Thursday. I'm excited to get out of my house. I'm excited to to get back on track. And you can follow him. At Danny Rams on Twitter. You can follow me at John Hayes on air. Engage with us. We love talking with you. We love talking to the fans. And we're going to do a meetup soon. And we're going to do a live show soon as well. Um, Invite some of our um, TIFOs to come by and and potentially be on the show. Uh, Because we do this for the fans. Uh, Football is for the fans.
1: Michael and Rachel and I, we were the dry run at Big Ben's uh, on Sunday for sure. Uh, follow our our show account at For the Crown, baby. Shout out to Trey, Lyle, Chris, Bob, Kathy. Some of our more recent followers. Y'all are awesome. Thank you.
0: Until next time, Danny Brams. I'll talk to you soon.
1: For the Crown, baby.